This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Hey, Jay Baker, how are you? Hey, I am doing great, Adam. You sound like you have a smile on your face. I am. I'm in my home studio, socially distancing myself from humanity. And and smiling all the way. <laughs> uh, my name is Adam Ritz. Welcome to the Adam Ritz Show. Public affairs topics we cover every week. Uh, Jay Baker in his home studio. And uh, as always, welcome to the broadcast. I wanted to start the show today with a, a story I found uh it's kind of interesting. I, I think this is kind of fun. Uh, there's a company called Cedar Electronics, Cedar Electronics, and they produce and make and sell CB radios. And I know a lot of our listeners are like, what in the world is a CB radio? I mean, you remember Radio Shack? Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, my, parent, my dad had a CB radio in, when we went on a, a long car trip, a road trip. He would... He'd get it out of the trunk. It was in a Velcroed case. So you'd, I remember the sound of the Velcro ripping open to get the CB out. And he'd put it in the, you know, on the dashboard and plug it into the cigarette lighter. And we'd have a CB radio for him to communicate with truck drivers uh, from here to Timbuktu to find out the road conditions and more. Uh, well, CB radios are still a, a thing in the trucking industry. And they sell a lot of them at truck stops across America. And uh, one of the leading manufacturers of CB radios is a company called Cedar Electronics. And I wanted to bring them up and give a shout out to them and uh, a tip of the hat to them because they are supporting breast cancer awareness with a pink edition of a, of a CB radio. Can you imagine uh, seeing a big, bad, mean truck driver in a big rig, an 18-wheeler, talking on a pink CB radio? Pink CB radio. That's, uh, well, it sounds trendy, if nothing else, but you're right. That's not something you'd see in a big, burly hand. And, I, you know, who's going to mess with the big, burly uh, guy <laughs> in, a, in a big flannel shirt jacket uh, and a cowboy hat, a big beard crawling out of his rig, and you see his pink CB? Are you going to be the one to say, hey, nice CB? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's great that they're, uh, yeah, supporting breast cancer portions of those proceeds for all those pink CBs they're selling uh, from coast to coast are going to breast cancer awareness and breast cancer research. So, again, yeah, we uh, tip our hats to Cedar Electronics. If you uh, want to get one of these pink CBs. Talk about a great gift, too, for, uh, for for your dad. It doesn't have to be a truck driver. Just anybody that has any nostalgia when you think of a CB radio. Uh, have fun to uh, roll on down the highway and be able to communicate with truckers. Um, although, yeah, I think know, that is so cool. It just popped in my head, though. Uh, there are new laws state dif- differing on what state you're in where you cannot hold your cell phone. Like ah. You can't talk on your cell. If you talk on your cell phone, it has to be hands-free. Uh, so I wonder if you're allowed to, in those states, hold the CB microphone dealio that's connected with the swirly wire to the CB console, if you're allowed to hold that in your hand while you're talking. Well, my guess is the professional drivers probably have 
headsets, but you're right. The standard guy wouldn't have a headset. Yeah, they do have uh, headsets for sure. They have, uh, it's piped in, you know, they've got their satellite radio piped into it as well as their CB and their cell phones and everything else you can think of. Um, but yeah, maybe I'm just too old school right now thinking about the old, you know, the, the CB radio that, I, that you used to buy at Radio Shack that you actually had that microphone. Come on back, good buddy. You know? Now, do you remember what film really depicted the CB radio very heavily? Oh, Smokey. Burt Reynolds. Smokey yeah. and the Bandit. Absolutely. Smokey <laughs> and the Bandit. Um, with Jerry Reed. Yeah. The snowman. Uh, it's the snowman coming at you. Great. <laughs> I think he was traveling with his beagle, Fred. Would Burt Reynolds, uh, as the bandit, would he have a pink CB inside his 1977 Trans Am? I think he'd want to be trendy and be helpful to uh, the breast cancer research people. So I, I, I think absolutely I, he would. I think he would, too. Absolutely. I think he would. This is the Adam Ritz Show. We are underwritten by Vibonomics. Learn more at vibonomics.com about their in-store audio platform and their in-store music they provide to retail spaces across the country with voiceover marketing messages and advertisements between the songs. It's vibonomics.com. I may be getting you a pink CB, Jay Baker, for the next holiday or gift-giving scenario. So clear off a space on your dashboard, maybe even install it under the dash. We might even pull that old car stereo out of the dash to install this pink <laughs> CB from Cedar Electronics. I would actually move the 8-track player to the left to make room for the CB. There's got to be a car on the highway somewhere right now that still has an active, usable 8-track. I want to meet that guy. <laughs> Don't you, uh, every once in a while, you'll spot somebody that has eight tracks for sale. They'll be at some, you know, flea market or something like that. And you just, I'm amazed they're, they're still out there. There's, you know, there's uh, collectors for sure. Uh, <laughs> and I, I may get into it someday. I'm not opposed to having some eight tracks and no. an eight track player. Talk about, no. I just like nostalgia. I do, I do like nostalgia. Now, did you ever, I mean, you're a little younger than I am. Did you ever have an eight-track player, or did you go right to cassette? I was a cassette kid. Yeah, ah, I. Yeah. I uh, now my, you know, my parents had a uh, a hi-fi. Uh, the con- you know, it was a piece of furniture, really, and it did have eight <laughs> tracks. And I do remember putting the Christmas eight tracks into the player when I was uh, very young in the mid '70s. And uh, by the time I got around to actually listening or wanting to listen to music in the early 80s, it was all cassette and uh, albums. Yeah, the 8-track was pretty hilarious. You probably know that sometimes if songs were too long, they'd actually fade out. Uh, The 8-track would change tracks, then it would fade back up. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you know, like uh, you take a long song like Stairway to Heaven. And I believe the original eight track it faded down, clicked, then faded back up. I'd have to double check that, but I I think specifically <laughs> that song got interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> now it just it it skips while it's buffering while your Wi-Fi is out. <laughs> oh man, what a mess! Oh well, today Adam, we're going to talk a little bit more. We've been sort of taking these pandemic snapshots 
And, you know, we try to develop some interesting facts. We try to keep things as positive as we can. We know everyone's kind of, you know, thinking 2020, what could happen next? Uh, mm-hmm. Believe it or not, as we go to press, there's a, a hurricane. It looks like it's going to skid off the east coast of Florida. But uh, Florida is sort of bracing for some tropical storm activity. And then Los Angeles just had an earthquake. It wasn't a major quake. Uh, It did not cause a lot of damage and thankfully no injuries. But, uh, you know, once again, as you've said before, what else can happen in the year 2020? Hurricanes and earthquakes now. Okay, great. Sure. Fine with me. Just like those killer hornets. They're they're heading to spring break as we speak. Um, The uh, sports world is one that uh, people are sort of looking at during the pandemic. And I know that you and I chatted a little bit about uh, some of the conferences are making decisions as to how they're going to reapproach the fall sports season. Fall sports season for many of us, of course, means football. And football is usually the main sport that many universities use to raise money for the athletic department. Mm hmm. Wisconsin, actually, and and I know you and I talked a little bit about Big Ten in general, but Wisconsin sent out some specific amounts of money that they would lose if the season were canceled altogether. Isn't it like almost $100 million if the season... There you go. Yeah. Yes, exactly. In fact, of of kind of... this is These are startling figures... If the season were to be completely canceled, and this is University of Wisconsin, which I would call a big school, but not a major school. Would you agree with that sentiment? You know, I'm biased because I am a Big Ten fan, and my best friend did go to school there. Uh, But I'd say they're they're a big – that's a big program. I mean – Well, yeah, but you want to – let's say compared to Ohio State or Michigan, let's say. I would say they're comparable to Ohio State okay. and Michigan. They're as big well, a campus certainly. where the big is nearly as big a stadium. Uh, by no means, I, Ohio State is, is a bigger, better program for sure. But when you talk about the upper echelon of the Big Ten, it's yeah. Ohio State, and then uh, and then you've got Michigan and Wisconsin for sure. They're, they're usually yeah. in the top 25 almost every year. I would accept that, but but you're correct. So, you know, you've got this campus of about, approximately 44,000. I looked it up just to make sure I wasn't totally in the dark with the statistics. But uh, even with the conference-only schedule, which is what the Big Ten is recommending to its schools right now, they are still going to lose between 50 and $60 million. Jeez. And that's just revenue back to the university. And, uh, you know, these, to me, are, are big, big, big figures. We talked to the impact the financial impact on Madison, Wisconsin, which is where uh, Wisconsin is located, and local businesses obviously suffer a lot from this as well. Well, and that $50, $60 million, uh, revenue loss is uh, money that funds the other non-revenue sports on that campus. So yes. there are going to be sports like swimming, uh, volleyball, wrestling that uh, my, I'm not saying that they'll they won't have money to buy new uniforms. They might not have money to go on recruiting trips or sure. You know, there it will affect them. it'll affect everything, every single aspect of every other um, endeavor that each sport does. Because everything they do, from recruiting 
to social media to um, to uniforms. It all costs money. Yes, and uh, usually sports uh, at major schools is somewhat referred to as the front porch of the university. It's what brings you on board. Everyone knows that Georgetown basketball, even if they have a not so good year, people are going to know what Georgetown uh, schools like Butler, Gonzaga that are very basketball oriented. Those schools are on the map thanks to sports. Mm -hmm. So if something presents itself and Wisconsin were to not be able to participate in football this year, your $100 million figure is accurate. Um, SEC, we were chatting a little bit about them not too long ago. It looks like the SEC now is leaning towards a conference-only schedule. So it looks like football is still in. I think SEC football and a, a, a you know an America without SEC football would make a lot of people very unhappy. Without question. Uh, and I think you know, I, I know not everybody values college football the way I do or or the way you do, but really, one of the things that's been getting me through this pandemic, and I know this is going to sound stupid, but is the is the hope of having my college football Saturday. Yeah, you know this this six months has been you know grueling and tedious and inconvenient at best. Uh, but at least uh, coming up, I'll be able to sit on my couch with a couple different bags of chips. Uh, and watch college football all day. If if that if that carrot goes away, then depression's really going to sink in for this young yes. man. Yes, <laughs> yes, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's nothing that any of us are looking forward to at all. Uh, speaking of sports, IndyCar, due to the coronavirus pandemic, had to cancel its California races. But they're doing all they can, Adam, to package the remaining races into double headers. So people who are big IndyCar fans will actually get extra shots of IndyCar racing this season. And with some good luck, they'll actually be able to conduct those races. But I thought that was interesting that in California, even if they had said no spectators, they still elected to not conduct those races. And a double header uh car race you're saying that uh there's going to be a couple hundred mile race at a, at a track and then well a few minutes yeah. later they'll start another one yeah they've done this in the past um they used to conduct these in michigan back in the 80s they would have a 200 mile car race then they'd have an intermission and then they'd have another 200 mile race and uh you know, then they'd give some astonishing prize if you could win both races. Mm. Uh, and it, there was a lot of fan uh, excitement surrounding those events, and they kind of quit doing them. Um, you know, it kind of fell out of favor, but uh, some of this doubleheader format is going to be returning to IndyCar. Are you, uh, I hate to put you on the spot, but do you have information on Major League Baseball? Because this is, I do, this I is, do have some information. It, it is about so them. confusing to me. Yes. Um, here recently, they started the season, and with limited fans, maybe no fans. I saw some cardboard cutouts and a few of the shots I've seen. Right. Uh, and then I heard that a few of the teams just went ahead and canceled their season because a few of their players got uh, tested positive for uh, COVID. I- is there a season or isn't there? I don't know where we stand here. 
there is a season and what they've recommended to these teams that have uh, numerous cases of players testing positive is they're going to postpone their games and hopefully move the schedule around. But you're right. It's caused some very big holes in the schedule. And in fact, uh, as we go to press, the Marlins have 15 players on their roster and some of their coaches have just tested positive for COVID-19. 15 players and coaches on their roster. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's as we like to say, that's a lot of players. That's a high percentage. I mean, if you extrapolate the, uh, the American population out of 330 million people, uh, there's 1.5 million positive. I mean, it's, a, it's just an nth of a percentage. But on yeah. the Marlins team, I mean, 50% of their population has been tested positive? Yeah, and part of the problem is these players are in close proximity with each other. So really, you know, without sounding like Mr. Science, it only requires one or two of them to be ill, and then everyone else catches it. So it's obviously a very serious situation. And moving forward, MLB now is actually going to have, use the word babysitter, they're going to actually have representatives from Major League Baseball act as babysitters to keep an eye on these players so they don't interact with the public. That's a great idea. I mean, I'm sure, you know, when you play baseball you know? or any sport, there are so many things to worry about. The, maybe the last thing you're worrying about is the fan interaction. And it yep. might be good to have somebody there to remind you to just w- walk on into the clubhouse uh, and, and bypass this round of of sneezy autographs. Yeah, and the other crazy thing about MLB you brought up, not only are there no spectators, but it, it is apparent that there's no spectators on the horizon. So they're going to try to conduct their season without spectators. It'll be television only. That is crazy. I'd love to it talk to a player and, and see how they – if they even notice, because, you know, I'm sure some players would say, oh, I, I don't even notice if there's fans in the stadium anyway. Some some players might just ha- feed off of it. They might need and have sure. to have an audience and, and cheers. Um, I'm sure it's great for the away team to not, you know, especially, can you imagine the away team in, in a football stadium with no fans? How What an advantage it'd be to not have everybody screaming at you on fourth and one. Oh, Yes. Now you raise a great point, especially in, in the college football arena. I mean, there's so much vocal activity, absolutely. It'd be uh, interesting to talk to a, a, an athlete uh, that's gone through this and see what the difference is between playing, uh, to them anyway. I mean, I can guess what the differences are, but just to hear from them what the differences are with, with no fans, or empty stadium, or, or a packed stadium. Well, there was a player who was traded from the San previously San Diego Chargers, now the Los Angeles Chargers, who jokingly said in his press conference, he goes, look, if we have to go to no spectators, he goes, I've played in L.A. the last couple of years. I'm used to it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so that was well <laughs> That's put. right. I was going to say, I, I did play some college football, and uh, we, we were not that good, and uh, we were ahead of our time because our stadium was empty. Uh, but it was 35 years ago. <laughs> we were ahead of our yes, time. <laughs> absolutely. You know the feeling. 
Uh, NASCAR kind of had an interesting wrinkle. They've been slowly but surely trying to introduce fans in the stands. In fact, they have uh, been about the only uh, sporting event that's been able to pull anything off since the winter when they had, um, and I'm trying to think of the raceway, I think it was Charlotte, they had about uh, twenty-five to 40,000 people in the stands. Hmm. Okay. Now, they were spread out, obviously, but uh, Dover, which is in Delaware, uh, just made a decision. There's a race scheduled there August 22nd. Dover, Delaware said no, no spectators at all. So as NASCAR tries to race through August, it appears that Michigan is not going to allow spectators. And Daytona, the big race that they'll have, is only going to have limited spectators because of what's going on right now in Florida. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so, so some craziness there for NASCAR racing. You probably know uh, the NFL. Uh, the NFL is offering their players the chance to opt out. Have you heard that phrase? I have uh, seen those updates with... Uh, I believe the uh, last week I saw the Patriots had a, a number of players opt out, and I think the the social media joke anyway was that Bill Belichick is such a genius that they are going to uh, he's he's directing these players to opt out so they <laughs> they have the worst record in football so that they can draft uh, Trevor is it from, uh, from Trevor Lawrence Trevor Lawrence yeah. from, Clemson, yeah, from Clemson that quarterback. Yeah. Um, you know, I highly doubt these players are opting out so that they can draft Get Blondie draft, from yeah. uh, Clemson. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, opting out—that's uh, that speaks volumes. I mean, uh, the average professional athlete only has a few years to to make a, a sizable living that they could live off the rest of their life, and here's a year they're they're willing to give up. That's how important their health is to them. Yeah, there's some concerns, and obviously, it's affected too some of the players who have family members. So what their concern is, hey, if they're around other players, they get uh, coronavirus, bring it home. It's a situation that they don't want to deal with. So the NFL is allowing these players to opt out. And uh, then this was an interesting note. The Raiders, who are moving to Las Vegas, which, you know, everyone chuckles on so many different levels. The bad boys of the NFL are moving to the city where the bad boy behavior is expected. Uh, the Raiders built this incredible stadium and obviously Las Vegas hungering for football. But it appears that the owner of the Raiders is saying they're, they're probably going to do their first season in Las Vegas without spectators. I did not hear that one. That's uh, yeah, brand new stadium. And brand they're willing new. to say yeah. to be the first ones even in the in the league to say no fans. Wow. Now, I know you've been to a few more stadiums than I have, but uh, I got a chance to see Ford Field when it was first built, which is where the Detroit Lions play, mm -hmm. and an absolutely spectacular facility. I have heard that the stadium in Atlanta, the replacement for the old Georgia Dome, is just absolute state-of-the-art. I think it's the Mercedes-Benz Dome yeah, that's right. in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine... With each stadium they build, it just gets smarter and better and faster and 
You can actually get to the concession lines and actually get to the bathroom and back to your seat without losing a full two quarters of action, you know? So I can't imagine having a state-of-the-art stadium and then have it sit empty during the football season. It's it's kind of scary, isn't it? Yeah, that is. Now, uh, you know, uh, NASA sent a payload to Mars this week. Did you hear about this? Because this is actually kind of big news. It, you know what? That one bypassed me. We sent a, a payload to Mars, like a, like a pallet. Yeah. Like, did we go to Costco and get a pallet <laughs> of supplies we, to send us to is, – uh, is Matt Damon stuck there? <laughs> we got the biggest box of paper towels that you can imagine at Costco, and we sent it to Mars. All right. All right what, what's, in the, what's in this care package? You'll love this. They are sending a uh, rover-like vehicle, and then they're also sending a little tiny helicopter that can fly around on the surface of Mars. And the mission partially is to determine, in a better sense, because we have the technology to do it, the minerals that are on Mars. But these uh, objects we're sending up are going to actually look for life on Mars because there are still some scientists that say, Mars can support life. And now more than ever in the year 2020, we're looking for other places to live. <laughs> we are. <laughs> and you know what we've always said about Mars, Adam? It's a cool place, but no atmosphere. No atmosphere, yeah. <laughs> no atmosphere, absolutely. <laughs> it appears this week uh, that uh, the government is going to be discussing stimulus checks. So, Stimulus checks may be on the way for Americans. That could help and, a lot of people. And yeah, I believe so, too. And I think a lot of people would look forward to that. So that is a hot debate that's going on. And then uh, one of the other debates that is going on is how do people view the year 2020? And, of course, uh, you might imagine less and less people are optimistic and that's kind of a sad thing because as americans i think we have a lot of optimism uh but they are now saying it's somewhat official that people are have become pessimistic about 2020 and i i can't really blame them can you no no not at all this is uh it just you know there's a sense of uh whole year wasted you just feel like the yeah. whole year has been wasted and you know i it's it has touched different people in different ways whether you've had a loved one uh, who has passed or perished because of the virus, or you've had to deal with uh, a loved one who got it and was, you know, incapacitated or uh, very, very sick for weeks, maybe months to recover from it, uh, all the way to the inconvenience level where I would put uh, my life with my youngest daughter who just graduated from high school, getting ready to start college, you know, some of the just some of the big milestone uh, life, you know, events that happen your your second semester of your senior year from spring break to prom, just all of it being canceled. You know, that that's not life threatening and it's certainly not that uh, big a deal in the scheme of things. But just along the lines of inconvenience, uh, there's there's stories like that millions of stories like that across the country of how this year is just it's just been a punch in the gut on a, a whole lot of spectrums and a lot of levels absolutely that's a great point and as you said even some very mundane things you can miss everything from going to go see your favorite team play in the fall 
all the way to, as you said, a prom, yeah. which is kind of a cool rite of passage. But, you know, it's not like your daughter's going to be able to go back in two years and say, hey, I need to get a, a very expensive dress I'll only wear once and do this again. There's, uh, I saw a friend of mine on Facebook talking about how much business he's lost this year. And, I mean, it's sizable. It is, uh, it is a lot of money. And, you know, that's uh, across the board. A lot of people have, have lost their jobs or don't yes. have any income. Now, he's okay. I mean, he's paying his bills and eating. He's just fine. Uh, he does very well for himself. But uh, you, it, it's just shocking the amount of money that a lot of people – uh, with no choice, he's had no, you know, we've had no choice on saying, okay, this is uh, something I'm willing to lose, uh, and we've all made sacrifices. And yes, you know, we're waiting around the corner, and I think uh, foot, we were talking earlier, almost half jokingly, that foot, at least football season's coming up. Well, if that gets canceled or if there's restrictions, we're going to say, well, at least New Year's Eve is coming up, and we'll get a brand new fresh start. 2021 is almost here. It doesn't matter if the clock strikes midnight if this thing is still around. So 2021, Correct. I've heard a lot of people saying, this ain't going away. It's going to be just as bad. I mean, I don't want to be uh, Mr. Pessimistic, but uh, I'm falling right in line with your with your, uh, with your your poll there, with your studies. Research shows Americans are pessimistic, <laughs> and here I am going well, on I, and on about how I, terrible it is. I didn't want to say the duh, <laughs> but yes. I think we've all reached a point where we've really kind of said enough already. Yeah, it's been a tough year for for everybody. Hopefully, uh, we can all you know we're in this together. Let's hunker down and uh, do be smart, and we'll, we will get through this. Jay, thank you for coming on the show. If you'd like to check out previous episodes, you can right now at adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at Vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit AdamRitzShow.com.